0: Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, we're back here on the Investor Coaching Show. I say we because uh, look who the cat drug is,
1: Mr. Ira Work. Well, you know, I was in the neighborhood. And thought, yeah, why not stop in for a little bit? Yeah, man. <laughs> not sure how long I'll stay.
0: Well, that's okay. You don't have to stay long. But, I, but uh, I don't know if you heard what I was just talking about. What was it? A L- little bit. Uh, so, so I was talking a little bit about uh, there was an article in one of the financial planning publications, and you know how we're very much into academic research. Absolutely. Well, it was a person from a college talking about how Ken Fisher is all washed up regarding his I hate annuities stance. Mm-hmm. You'll see on the end, I mean, you find ads all over the place. And he does a lot of TV advertising as well, but he has this big thing, I hate annuities. And we, you know, people accuse us of saying, we hate them too. It's no, it's just, it's a tool. And sometimes tools make sense. Sometimes they don't make sense. It's kind of our stance on it. Uh, But, you know, in this particular instance, he gave an illustration number. He says, if you have a a 65-year-old woman, $50,000, and they're going to pay, the insurance company is going to pay $5,000. If you're a fiduciary, you'd be hard pressed because the internal rate of return on a $5,000 payment is about 8%. Now if those numbers were indeed correct, I would say yeah, you would be hard hard pressed in some instances, in some instances, to say that you'd be a fiduciary. Because let's say if all the person wanted was a guaranteed income, and they weren't concerned about inflation at all, weren't concerned about giving up access to their money or the control or anything like that, there may be a case that does does make sense. Uh, But but what I did is I ran the numbers on immediateannuities.com. There is a website you can actually run numbers to see how much income an insurance company, and they shop between several different companies to see who would pay the most amount of income. And the number came back completely different 307 per month was the number which is an internal rate of return that was much lower more like five percent uh now which is fairly high if you look at government bonds rate at four percent and my point that i made was how does an insurance company that has to make a profit pay you more unless they're taking more risks than just buying the bonds. And I pointed out that yes, insurance companies do take more risks. And and I talked about corporate bonds and the issues and reinvestment risk and things like that. So anyway, you're up to speed now.
1: All right. Well, the insurance company, let's you know, break break things down. Number one, the insurance company, some of the people are not gonna live to take all their money out of the annuity. And when you do an immediate annuity, if let's say you put in a $50,000 and you've only gotten $25,000 in income, mm-hmm. the insurance company keeps you the $25,000. Yeah. So they know based on the statistics of people living and dying approximately how much of that they're going to keep. So as a result of that, they contend to make the return a little bit higher than a government bond. Secondly, the the insurance company, no,
0: no wait, no hang on a second. So they, they when they're paying this money, mm-hmm. if this person dies early, it's got to go to the person that lives longer. So therefore what happens is they're not going to make a profit on just people that die earlier unless they just make m- mortality assumptions that are shorter. Uh, or, or longer, excuse me.
1: Well, it's all going to depend because there are a lot of different ways to structure the annuity. So, for example, most of the people that I've done immediate annuities with are people who are not concerned about leaving money to beneficiaries. Uh-huh. Right. There tend to be more single people, uh-huh. and they just want the maximum amount of money they can get for their lifestyle.
0: What age typically for you?
1: Um, Usually yeah, it's in I their have, 70s I, or older.
0: Yeah, you should, that, that was another point that I made, is that the only time that I have recommended it is people that are, are much more advanced age, even in their 80s. Uh, You know, up to where the point where you got to watch this sometimes an insurance company won't issue a contract at all, depending on how old the person is. But that's that's a point that I made as well.
1: Right. So the other thing, too, to realize is insurance companies are not using insurance products to guarantee the income to the people who buy the insurance products. Yes. (laughs) They're investing in stocks. And fixed income government securities, mostly corporate bonds, because of the guarantees, no different than what we recommend, based upon the academic principles that tend to lean toward, you know, Nobel Prize-winning um, academics.
0: Except that the insurance companies don't typically have much, if anything inequities. So they're not using the multi-factor type stuff that we talk about here on this show, but they are using a lot of bonds. 62% was mm-hmm. the number Right, is how much they have in bonds. They have a, a, typically a lot of real estate is another thing you'll see in the portfolios. But to give, to give you that rate of return, you know, you would have to be taking, and the, the internal rate of return that he was talking about in here in this article is over 8% there ain't nothing out there that's paying 8% with any kind of safety. You know, so if the internal rate of return's that high, there's no such thing as a free lunch is the point that I was making. And you know, there as as this one article was pointing out is, you know, there's a lot of risk in the insurance companies, the annuities company, the balance sheets of these companies.
1: Well, that could be based upon and depending upon the insurance company. So an insurance company that has a lower rating, a more risky insurance company will provide a return a little bit higher than you can get from a more highly rated insurance company because that lower rate insurance company just wants to get more money. Okay. you're you're taking more
0: risk for this Ira? You've been doing this. How long now? Um, March should be 40 years. Okay. Have you ever seen an insurance company that had an A-plus rating or or a very high rating when they issued products end up with a downgrade in their rating? Well, I remember Executive Life. (laughs) (laughs) That was was really baiting you. I know know you remember. Uh, Yeah, I I remember (laughs) Executive
1: Life, which was an A-rated company, actually filed bankruptcy.
0: Wasn't it A-plus?
1: It uh, could have I,
0: been. I, I, been. I, I don't remember. I, but, uh, but yes, exactly.
1: But it was one of the more better rated companies. So,
0: so, yeah. So the issue that you run into is that you could go out there and comb the ratings websites to make sure that you have a highly rated insurance company, only to have the insurance company invest in things later on after your contract is issued, the stink, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the company gets taken down. And the rating goes down, but you already own the product.
1: Yeah, the real reason why annuities are sold, in my opinion, is twofold. And one of them is the high commissions that they pay. Mm-hmm. And number two is agents can use the term
0: guaranteed. Exactly. Exactly. I'll tell you what, we'll take a quick break and be right back after this. Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching podcast. Now, you may be one of these people that's been listening and realizing, wow, investing, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye, and financial planning, tax laws constantly changing and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area, but you don't want just anybody to help you out. So we have 10 offices in the Middle Tennessee area, and everything that we do is fee only. We align our interests with your interests, so you can get initial 15-minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. That's it. Every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20-plus years experience. They're all degree planners. They all have academic backgrounds in investing, and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. And we look forward to seeing you soon. So you have this in finance, Yahoo, uh, finance, eight reasons. Annuities might be a really bad investment for you. <laughs> and you might want to just comment on a few of these as I go through. it. Sure, that. I wasn't planning on doing this, but why not? Uh, a woman receiving terms of her annuity, pay one million dollars up front receive 5,000 a month after retiring. Simple right? Unfortunately, annuities are rife with complexities and prevent a clear understanding of their benefits and potential pitfalls. Now, th- I'm just going to hit the negatives in here. You know, the positives are reliable, long lasting income. Now, the question is will that income have the purchasing power? That's number one you got to think about. Uh, you got some tax advantages. You okay,
1: know, so. And the in-
0: then there are tax disadvantages. You want to go through those? All right.
1: Those? So, on the income that you can outlive, uh, that is all well and good, providing that we don't go into a period like we just have over the last year and a half to two years where inflation numbers really increase the product, the cost of your goods and services, the products that you're going to buy.
0: I mean, yeah, that is a huge issue.
1: You know, so, yes. So, if you sign up and you get that immediate annuity and it's giving you $400 every month for the rest of your life, Yes, if you live another hundred years, you're gonna get four hundred dollars a month for the rest of your life—the next one hundred years. However, if the goods and services you're buying for that four hundred dollars goes up to six, seven, eight hundred dollars, well, now you can only buy half of that amount of food. Let's say.
0: Oh, there was a guy pitching a fit. It was a funny video on one of the streaming services. I don't—I don't even know what. But it was this guy's pitching a fit. This is how much I'm paying for gas. This is how much I'm paying for I food. I saw that. Did you see that I saw video? That. Yes, I did. That, was, yeah. What did you think? I
1: thought it was amazing.
0: Um, it was he, was. he was having an absolute meltdown. Melt <laughs> he, he did it in his car. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You you did see that video? Yeah. Okay. So you know, yeah. You you're you're that person that let's say. You know, you're getting that income and all of a sudden gas prices are going up. Your food bill is going up. Your gas, you know, that you heat your house with or electric that you heat your house with is going up. Your phone bill's going up. A new technology comes out that you want, uh, you know, and now you can't afford it because you're on that fixed income. And the value of that paycheck is going down every single month due to inflation. What's your... What's your recourse? I mean, because then, because what they'll do in, their, in the sales process is so, "Well, you don't do it with all your money. You only do it. You know, you you look at your fixed expenses and you set your income based on your fixed expenses. What's wrong with that, Ira?
1: Well, the problem with that is you might need all that assets that you have to help you manage, and you're not going to get any growth on any of those assets.
0: Okay, so I'm going to bait you on this one. All right, what fixed? Fixed expense? Do uh-huh. you have that you have had throughout your, you know, however many you know years that you've owned a home? Oh no, I don't want. I don't want to be that specific. I was actually. That was. To, that wasn't even. That well, was you know, Well, but the, what, fin- what, the what, funny what, thing. What fixed expense expense do you have that doesn't go up at all? Name all uh-huh. the fixed expenses that you have that don't go up at all. At, at, you know, over the past 20...
1: 20- There's only one fixed expense that I have that has never increased, and that's my mortgage.
0: Thank you. Exactly. The insurance costs go up, the taxes go up.
1: Oh, my taxes... Your expenses
0: you know, for your your TV, your cable bill go up, your insurance costs go up on your automobile, on your homeowner's insurance. Everything. What doesn't go up? Um. Nothing. Everything goes up. You nailed it. Except the mortgage. The mortgage. Right. That was it. And do you still have a mortgage typically? Hopefully not when you're in retirement. So the one thing that would have stayed a fixed expense is gone because you pay off the mortgage.
1: Unless and- you were selling and you bought one of those adjustable rate mortgages and you still have a mortgage and then interest rates go up. Then your mortgage payment does go up in retirement.
0: Ouch. Yeah, just the thought of that, uh, just the thought of that is no fun. No. Yeah. So, you know, the, I look at that and go, man, their whole their, their whole premise is, is blown up. So, um, so, let me just let me hit the rest of this. Tax advantages. That's a double-edged sword because you have tax deferral on the interest, but.
1: Okay, so one of the questions that I get is, what can I do to reduce my taxes? And the only real answer to that question is, make less money. That is it. So, yes, you can put money into a product like an annuity uh, or your IRA account, Okay, uh, diversified portfolio for your IRA. So you can reduce your current taxes on the income that you currently have or you can reduce the taxes or completely eliminate taxes on the growth of your annuity or your IRA or your 401k until the time comes when you're taking the money out to live on because there were two phases there's the accumulation that's
0: the problem when we talk about tax advantages they start to look really bad yeah go ahead
1: i'm just getting there so there's two phases there's the accumulation phase and then there's the decumulation phase when you're beginning to live off the money you've accumulated well if taxes go up as can possibly happen in 2025 uh, because of the tax cut, and those are going to sunset in 2025. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see mm-hmm. taxes go up. So now you're taking money out of those deferred annuities or your IRA or your 401k, and now you're paying higher taxes on that same money.
0: And it's last in, first out, with the annuities. Right. So you put $100,000 in, mm-hmm. it grows to 175, and then you start to pull money out. Let's say you don't annuitize because you're going. Eh, I don't want to lose control of my money. Now you got to burn through that seventy-five thousand dollars of gain before you get your principal back. Now that's 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 really what we're dealing with here. Uh, so that's that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is they talk about fighting inflation. That's the problem with fighting inflation. You don't have that that protection. Uh, another one is annuities can be incomprehensible. Was a point that they made.
1: All right. Well, let's go back for a minute to the fighting okay. inflation. You know, people, I've had uh, you know a few, a few, three, four clients call me and say, well, why should I stay in this portfolio when I can take my money, put it into a CD and get a guaranteed 5%. Mm-hmm. Well, there's two problems with that. Number one, that certificate of depression is what you're going to feel <sighs> when you realize I'm only getting five, but inflation's now 7 8 9%. And depending upon what you're really buying, Mm-hmm. You know, some of the, of the prices off food, inflation has grown up 25 and 30%. So you're getting five, you know, you're actually losing money to inflation.
0: And you can have issues with inflation even, you know, I think about when you talk about food prices, why are they going up? Well, one of the reasons is you can have wars that actually cut off the distribution of certain food products from countries that produce a lot of that particular food product. Can we say Ukraine and grain? Right. You know, so you look at that. And that has nothing to do with monetary policy as much as it has to do with geopolitical risk. So a lot of things that can come up that you don't even think about. So that, that's, that's, that's one, one thing right there, product flexibility. They come in various types of uh, these products. Can be fixed, variable, indexed, combination of the two. Uh, and then you know, the thing that you can run into is you might have inflexibility. Which is liquidity issues. Well, if you need more money than what they're going to be paying you every month, let's say if you mm -hmm. annuitized it.
1: But there's another problem. When you put that money into that, let's say, 5% CD, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then the Fed begins to lower interest rates, banks begin to lower interest rates, Mm -hmm. the problem that you're going to have is what we call what is is known as reinvestment risk.
0: I mentioned that a little bit earlier before you got here. All right, great.
1: So when you have, let's call it that $500,000 that you just locked up in that you know, CD at five percent, and you're getting twenty five thousand dollars, and you need that to live on, mm-hmm. to pay all your fixed expenses, mm-hmm. plus the ones that do go up, like your car, your gas payments, insurance payments, and so forth. But now the insu- interest rate didn't go down that much. Let's say it only went down one percent. So now it's four. Instead of getting twenty five thousand, you're getting twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. In the meanwhile, a lot of the people that have cash sitting on the side, they're now realizing, I can't get much money in the fixed income investments. They push that money back into the stock market,
0: driving the stock market further up. you're so right. Yes, I was going to go there if you didn't.
1: And then you begin to draw money off of an asset that actually increased in value.
0: Or before you were in it.
1: And you miss out on that gain as well.
0: that, That is absolutely brilliant and exactly right. Because what happens quite often when interest rates go down, we see stock prices jump in anticipation that interest rates are going to go down. We saw that in the last quarter of last year. The thinking was that interest rates were going to go down, and then you had this huge appreciation in stocks in anticipation that that was going to happen. You don't even have to wait for it to happen, and it happens.
1: Well, the problem is, is that everything we're doing, is waiting, right? We're waiting for interest rates to go down. We're waiting for the stock market to go up. Because the reason we're waiting is we have no control. The only control that we really have is to diversify the portfolio and rebalance. Mm -hmm. And that helps manage the risk of the portfolio. helps get higher rates of return. But inflation is, is an animal that I've watched for 40 years now. And there's just no way around it. You just need to invest in a way that will... Keep up, or and hopefully outproduce inflation. Exactly.
0: So we just happen to hit this thing. Uh, The annuities might be eight reasons they might be a really bad investment for you. Another one that they gave in here as a reason that might be a really bad investment for you is burdensome fees. And the insurance company is going to have to make money, but not only the insurance company having to make money. Who else? The agent. That's right. You got to pay the commissions. You got to pay, you know, maybe re- renewals or whatever.
1: And that's why there's a surrender charge. I mean, look, when we talk about we hate annuities, we don't really hate annuities. That's, no,
0: that's you can't say that. That's that's Ken Fisher's line. All right. <laughs> we don't but hate them. But
1: here's the, here's the thing. We actually have an annuities available. And yes. there's really only one time when no we load use No annuities. It. Well, that's the type of annuity that we have that right. we work with. No,
0: no, 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 no load.
1: Means. More importantly, no surrender charges. You want to get your money out of it a week later. Um, well, let's say 45, 50, 60 days later, mm-hmm. because most annuities have either a 15 or a 30 day free look mm-hmm. where you get your contract mm-hmm. and you get to read the contract. If you're going understand the contract and you come to the conclusion <laughs> that this if is not a rocket scientist, <laughs> that you're, this is not something that you really want to stay in. The company will send your money wherever you want them to send it. So if you decide 60 days, 80 days, 100 days later, after the annuities that we do work with that doesn't work for you, there is no surrender charge. Most contracts that I've looked at, they're going to lose 12.5% if you get your money out in the first year. So when they say your principal is guaranteed, yeah, it's guaranteed as long as you keep it in there for 12 years or seven years, whatever it might be. Right, right, right. But so the time that we do recommend the annuity is simply this. If you've invested, let's say, $50,000 in a non-qualified or a non-IRA type of annuity, not a retirement, a lot of advisors out there or recommending you roll your 401k over into an annuity and it's under an IRA program. Mm -hmm. So, if you say, if you went to an advisor and said, well, I really don't want to pay taxes, what can we do? And you take $100,000 and you throw it into a non-retirement type of annuity to protect it because they sold your own fear, you can't lose your money, they sold your own greed, you can get the returns of the market.
0: As long as it's based on the insurance company,
1: Right. Strength. You got okay. to so you
0: gotta, you gotta throw that in there.
1: So, so is when you've invested in a non-retirement annuity, it grows from 50 to $100, we will use an annuity so you don't have to pay the taxes pulling that money out, but you get the diversified portfolio.
0: Yeah. And then we call it 1035 exchange. So, yes, there have been instances, so anybody says that Winkler and those guys don't ever do it. That's not true. There are times when they do make sense. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. You want to learn more about what we do? Go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there. And if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors. And confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one.